I can see blurry faces through my glasses, so I hope you're smiling. Um, the first Sunday after Easter, did you all have a lovely Easter? It was amazing. The sun was shining. Flip-flops are officially out, people. Um, anyone who knows me, I'll be in flip-flops now till about October. Um, it was great. Uh, I loved the sunshine. I loved having my kids home. I loved being in church. Last Sunday, the service was amazing. Um, my husband came. He doesn't normally come to church. And I was saying to Libby earlier, he was like, oh, there, there's lots of like tears and stuff there. And I was like, oh, no, that's good tears. That's God doing stuff. But uh, yeah, so that was a good conversation starter. Um, the bank holiday weekend for me, though, starts a little bit early because we have a little kind of thing in our house with the dog walk. So Andy, my husband, does the dog, dog walk Monday to Friday. I cover weekends and bank holidays. So four days in a row, I had to get up by seven o'clock because our dog is very lively still um, and take her out. But with the sunshine, it was a great time to have some quiet time with God. Um, I tried to have like a little morning routine um, where I listened to the Lectio 365 app and um, just a time of reflection before my day start, which normally is in bed with a cup of coffee, but over the Easter weekend was in the sunshine. So it was quite nice. Um, and if you listened to it, you would have um, heard and maybe been kind of uh, challenged and, and struck by the, um, the day of Saturday in between Good Friday and Easter Sunday. Um, and it was talking about, like, why the day in between? Why, why did we have that time of waiting? And, and when I was reflecting on it, I was like, and I, you might resonate with this, I feel like my whole life is the day in between. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for so many um, prayers to be answered, um, miracles to happen, um, yeah, why the day in between? Why the waiting? So if you've been around Vineyard a long time, you probably have heard us speak about the now and the not yet of the kingdom. And this is the time in between. So Jesus came to earth to be with us and to reveal the kingdom of God to us, but we don't see it in all its fullness. We're living in that time in between. We're waiting for Jesus' return, for God's kingdom to come in full. The good news is, unlike the disciples at Easter, whilst we wait, we don't do it alone. Because Jesus promised that we would have the Holy Spirit with us in the waiting. So whatever prayers you're waiting for to be answered, what miracles you're waiting to happen, you're not on your own. So as Libby said, we're starting a new series today. It's called Empowered. Um, very nice design there that I didn't create, let me just say. Um, and this is a six-week series that has um, been shared with Vineyard USA. And as we journey towards Pentecost, which is um, in the time in the Bible when the Holy Spirit was um, given to Jesus' disciples, we are going to spend six weeks looking at different aspects of the Holy Spirit and absolutely waiting with expectancy to see more of all that he's got for us. So I'm going to pray. Yeah, come Holy Spirit, increase your presence this morning. And Lord, as we start this series, 
we just open our hearts. We expect more from you. Would you come and have your way this morning? Okay. So, who is the Holy Spirit? I don't know what comes to your mind when you you think about the Holy Spirit. Um, Maybe people who haven't been in church think of it as like a ghost or like a floaty thing. I don't know. Um, But in the Bible, there are many images used to describe the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit um, in Acts 2 is described as fire. Acts 2, verse 3 to 4. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. So this is the time of Pentecost. This is what we're building up to when the Holy Spirit descended and filled them. In John 2, the Holy Spirit is referred to as breath. Uh, John 2 Verses 19 to 22 say this. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together, with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is there right at the start of the Bible in Genesis 1. Verse 2 says, Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Um, I struggled for an image for this one, so I went with the image that I like. And where I do my early morning dog walks, um, I walk by the river. And some days, there's like the mist hanging over the river, um, and that was the closest I could find. And quite often, when, I'm, when it's a morning like that, it's like, this sounds a bit weird, self-disclosure, but I kind of like breathe it in. I'm like, it's like all around me. I'm in the mist, and, the, and it's hovering. So I don't know if that's accurate. That's what you've got today. Um, In John 3, verse 8, the Holy Spirit is described as wind. It says, the wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. And so there's that kind of, um, that power and the, um, yeah, maybe a little bit unpredictable, I guess you could say, of the wind. And it's moving and things bend when it blows. Um, so it, it, yeah, it can be really hard to get our heads around the Holy Spirit. And there are two words in the Bible used to describe the Holy Spirit. The Hebrew word, ruach, don't know if that's how you say it, means wind, and that's used in Genesis 1. And in the New Testament, the word used is pneuma. Um, now, a little shout out, if you were around, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago, Rob Bell's NUMA videos, when I, I was like, oh, we used to use them in our youth group, it, they were amazing. Um, yeah, so NUMA is Greek, and it means spirit or breath. So how would we describe the Holy Spirit? Maybe just spend a few seconds thinking about 
what or who you believe the Holy Spirit is. Uh, this quote was taken directly from the video from the uh, Vineyard USA um, PowerPoint that they shared with us. And it's a lady called Julie Yoda, and she, she sums it up as this. Here at the Vineyard, we are a church that is part of a movement that believes that the Holy Spirit is a person. He is the third person of the Trinity, and that includes the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And those three are co-equal and co-eternal. We believe in a triune faith, which means we believe there's one God and three persons. And each of those persons have unique roles and responsibilities, but they all work together in harmony and unity. So here at the vineyard, we believe in the person, the power, and the presence of the Holy Spirit. I wish I could have said it like that. So for us, the Holy Spirit is a person. And this morning, the first um, session is a looking at the Holy Spirit as the revealer. So what do I mean by revealer? A definition of reveal is to make previously unknown or secret information known to others. So the job of the Holy Spirit is to make known to us the things of God, which weren't previously known. When Jesus came to earth, he revealed God to us. But after his death, resurrection and ascension to heaven, the job was handed on to the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit being present throughout the Bible from Genesis to Revelation means there's no escaping it. The Holy Spirit is not an optional extra or an add-on. He, being part of the Trinity, one God and three persons, is 100% part of our lives if we have committed to following Jesus. And the Holy Spirit's job is to reveal to us so we can know him more and experience, in him, experience him in our lives. So I'm going to share a couple of experiences with you this morning that I've had of the Holy Spirit revealing um, stuff to me. I'm sure you can probably think of stuff of your own. Um, but I just really want to encourage us to press into what the Holy Spirit is doing in our lives. Sometimes that's helped by reflecting on what we can see he's done before. Um, but one thing we know for sure is the Holy Spirit is not a one-hit wonder. His revelations to us are ongoing. So the first one I'm going to share with you is right at the start of my faith. I was kind of mid-20s. Um, I'd become a Christian whilst I was um, going to a church so I could get on the electoral roll to get married in a pretty building, um, to much to the surprise of my husband. Um, but I did an Alpha course, and I'd been brought up around church. My dad is a vicar, and I kind of had head knowledge, but I hadn't necessarily got the heart knowledge. And um, this particular Alpha, we were talking about forgiveness of sins. Um, I'd had quite a lot to be forgiven for, still have. Um, and I was sitting in my car outside Asda after going to the Alpha course. And I was praying and I was saying to God, like, I know your word says I'm forgiven. I know it. I, I believe it. It's there, but I don't feel it. And that's, that, was my, that was literally what I said. 
And then I kind of got out of my car to go to Asda to buy some dinner. And as I was walking to Asda, I just felt God say to me, that's not how I want you to feel. Um, and this, it, it just like went straight into my heart. And I didn't feel the burden of my sin anymore. And it was so amazing that I, this is a bit funny. I kept thinking of the worst things I'd done to see if it made me feel bad. And it didn't. Like God totally like revealed grace to me. And um, yeah, that was probably one one of the earliest times I can kind of remember. There was another time, which again is a little bit funny, um, I think so, when God revealed um, power to me through the Holy Spirit. And I'd been, pray, asked, I'd been praying to get the gift of tongues, um, and I hadn't got it. And um, my, my parents' friends had written a book which was about how you teach your children to experience the Holy Spirit. And it in it, it had a chapter that, that said, with a group of children, this is how you ask for the gift of tongues for them. So I sat on the edge of my bed. I think my husband was probably downstairs with the children. And I just read the chapter and I literally followed it step by step. Um, this is what I need to do to get this gift. And blow me, God gave me the gift of tongues. And I was just like, no way, that actually worked. Um, yeah, so the Holy Spirit, again, just blew me away. I've more recently had a different encounter with the Holy Spirit where I um, had met some people from my past. I hadn't seen them for like 30 years. My past was a bit messy. Um, the reunion was very emotional um, and quite tricky because it kind of brings stuff back and, uh, yeah, reminds you of stuff you'd rather not remember. But afterwards, I was praying about it, and um, God, the Holy Spirit just really spoke to me about that restoration and that redemption of his love for me, but also for the people that I'm in relationship with. Um, and I, I really felt like God said to me, this, this is for the future, like this, is, this needed to be done because that's going to be needed in the future for, for them. So I don't know what that means. I, it's not completely revealed, but I'm just going to play my part. The Holy Spirit is God's gift of himself to us all. Some of you may be feeling a little bit anxious or uncomfortable right now as we talk about the Holy Spirit. Maybe you've had a bad experience in church. Maybe you don't feel like the Holy Spirit has anything for you. Maybe you've been told previously that you can't experience the Holy Spirit because you don't tick all the correct religious boxes. Maybe you're a bit worried about fully giving over control and scared of what the Holy Spirit will do. But here's the catch. You actually don't have a choice. So if you have invited Jesus into your lives, the Holy Spirit is part of the package and comes with him. In Joel 2, verses 28 to 29, it says this, And afterward, I will pour out my Spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my Spirit in those days. 
The Holy Spirit is for everyone who has invited God into their hearts. The Holy Spirit reveals the truth of God to us. The Holy Spirit reveals God's love to us. The Holy Spirit enables us to live as God intended. You know, sometimes the Holy Spirit reveals stuff to us that we maybe rather not have revealed to us. You know, if you're um, making some bad choices, um, maybe not living quite as you should, the Holy Spirit does that kind of flip your stomach type feeling where you, you just know that you shouldn't be doing whatever you're doing. The Holy Spirit reveals God's comfort and peace to us. And the Holy Spirit reveals God's plans to us. These might only be in part, but actually any revelation gives us the opportunity to join in. So how do we know that the Holy Spirit is revealing things to us? Because the Bible tells us that he will. John 16, verses 13 to 16 says this, But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes... He will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. When the Holy Spirit is revealing stuff to us, that is God revealing things to us. I mean, that's a bit mind-blowing, isn't it? I know, I feel like sometimes you take it for granted a bit, but actually God is sharing with us. The Holy Spirit, as part of the Trinity, makes God known to us. We can see in the life of Jesus what it looks like to live a Spirit-filled life. We can use that as our template and we can copy what Jesus did. And the Holy Spirit is there to journey with us so that we can step out with confidence and hope into all that God is calling us to. And if you are a bit fearful, let me just say to you, the Holy Spirit is gentle and kind. I've, I've come across people over the years who've like held back from God and held back to kind of fully engaging with the Holy Spirit because they're worried what's going to happen. But he is a gentleman. He's not going to do anything that is going to totally like drive us away from him. He wants to be in relationships with us. So he is respectful. So I'm just going to leave you with some ideas of kind of how we can experience the Holy Spirit each day. How do we, if we want to experience spirit-filled lives, do that? How do we experience all that God has to reveal to us? I did a handy little acronym for you. hope you appreciate it. It was quite hard. Um, but anyway, so firstly, seek. Start your day in a posture of receiving from God. That might be a quiet time, that might be a walk, that might be a cup of coffee, it might be a run. But make space for God before anything else and ask him to speak to you for the day ahead. 
I'm guilty of this. Actually, I do have my quiet time, but do I ask God to speak to me for the people I'm going to be meeting that day and give me the opportunity to, um, yeah, for him to reveal something to me? I don't, not always. Secondly, please, live a life that is pleasing to God. Now, I don't want you to get me wrong. God doesn't just reveal himself to people who are living correctly um, in a religious kind of way. This, when I'm saying this, I'm saying when we don't live as God intended, we get distracted. The world takes us away from God. So living a life that is pleasing to God is about being in relationship with God and not getting distracted by the things of the world. So include, include God at the center of everything. If we, ex- if we include God in everything, we will experience more of him and our relationship with him deepens and we get to know him better. You know, the more time you spend with somebody, the more you get to know them, don't you? If you're married, like me, I've been married quite a long time, 20-something years, um, you just learn stuff about your partner because you live with them. You can tell when they're a bit grumpy or tired or hungry. Um, and I think it's the same with God. The more time you spend with him, the more perceptive you get to, to his spirit moving, the more you're able to see it in a room, the more you recognize his voice as he speaks to you, that kind of prompting. Um, and maybe the more confident you get at sharing that with other people. Respect. Be respectful to the Holy Spirit and to others. The Holy Spirit is not a party piece or a special effect. The Holy Spirit is there to give God the glory. So, again, you'll have heard um, this, this taught in Vineyard, you know, we're not about getting hyped up and getting all weird. Like the Holy Spirit, we treat with respect. And we treat other people with respect. It's their choice. You know, there are times when you might feel the Holy Spirit prompt you to share something with somebody and they're just not ready to hear it. And you need to respect their boundaries. Uh, In Luke 16, verse 10, it says, Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. And this is talking about uh, kind of money, but I think actually this is could be any gift of the Spirit. Like anything that God gives you, treat well so that he trusts you with it. Interruptible. Allow the Holy Spirit to interrupt you. We read earlier that um, in John 3, the wind blows wherever it pleases and the Holy Spirit doesn't always slot into our convenient time slot. So allow the Holy Spirit to interrupt you. And trust. God will not give you more than you can handle. God knows you better than you know yourself. And you can trust him as he reveals himself to you and blesses you with his gifts of the Spirit. So as we start this series this morning. I'd love us to pray together. I'd love us to pray for more. That Quite simply, that's it. So if you guys would like to stand...